this episode of Bank Statements, FHL Bank Topeka's podcast series. I am Jesse Homerding, and today we are getting reactions from the September 2023 Federal Open Market Committee meeting with our returning guest, Stephen Townsend and Sarah Harp from our Capital Markets team. Stephen and Sarah, welcome back. Good morning, Jesse. It is fantastic to be back with you, Jesse. Good morning. We've had a little bit of a break or hiatus, but uh, this FOMC meeting had a lot going on before and during and after. So, Stephen, I'm just going to let you start us off here with a recap of the recent meeting. So last week as the FOMC met, they held the Fed funds target rate at 5.25 to 5.5%, which they originally reached back at their July meeting. This this aligned very well with market expectations. There weren't really many surprises going into the meeting. There was very little chance of a hike priced into uh, where, the, where the market was. Those other short-term rates we like to talk about, the IORB or interest on reserve balances and the overnight reverse repurchase rate or RRP program, those each held tight as well. So 5.4% on IORB and 5.3% on RRP as well. And as as we trade Fed funds here at the Home Loan Bank, uh, you know, we have seen Fed effective settling in kind of right at that 5.33%. Uh, again, nice and flat from the prior meeting. So no real changes that we've observed in terms of those short-term rates um, for, for what we're seeing day to day. But where we are seeing a little bit more kind of change and more difference, to your point, is about expectations and what's going to happen next. Um, So, Sarah, I'll give you a chance to kind of chime in there. Sure. So uh, post FOMC meeting, we have seen some significant bear steepening in the curve with the long end yield rising faster than front end yields, particularly the 10 year yield caught a lot of the market attention as it breached four spot five zero percent for the first time since 2007 or the pre great financial crisis. Um, So thinking back to 2007, I know that kind of seems like it wasn't that far ago, but putting it in perspective, 2007 was the year of the first iPhone release. George W.'s second term as president, Tom Brady had only won three of seven Super Bowls, and Taylor Swift was still singing about Tim McGraw. So overall, it seems like the market seems to finally be on the higher for longer train. Um, Of course, there's plenty of data between now and November um, FOMC and December FOMC um, for adjustments. Well, we hope there's more data before November, but we will we'll talk about that here shortly. Um, so as, as part as you mentioned, kind of some of that market reaction, right? We can maybe talk a little bit about the dot plot and, and kind of where things went. Um, you know, so I think the the SEP or the summary of economic projections it was released. It's released every quarter uh, at, for each Fed meeting, um, and really the biggest adjustment we saw was not to 2023 expectations for the rest of, the year, rest of this year, but to 2024. So looking at those dots, what we're seeing is the Fed signaling another 25 basis point hike between now and the end of the year. But for 2024, what we're seeing is back in June, a we observed a 100 basis point expectations for cuts in 2024. And now that's kind of come back a little bit. And the Fed's really only forecasting 50 basis points of rate cuts uh, next year. So like Sarah mentioned, that reinforces some of the higher for longer story that the Fed's been talking about and does lead to some of that curve steepening. Other impacts of that curve steepening right, can be things where we've observed it and we've seen in terms of um, spreads for longer duration assets. We have seen, you know, as, as we got back to 2007, I'm sitting here with an iPhone 15 now all of a sudden. So it's making me feel old, Sarah. That's, that's what it is. Um, as we get back to those 
uh, these higher market rates, one thing that we're watching in particular is the housing market and trying to understand kind of what those higher long-term rates can do or have done to mortgage rates. And obviously, as as we think about our mission and our ability to provide liquidity to members and support the housing market, right? that's something that's near and dear to us. And so it's something we watch pretty closely and pretty carefully. And so that's, again, the thing we'll continue to observe as as rates have gone up um, and we're seeing mortgage rates also kind of move up commensurately with those. Of course, you have the new iPhone 15 already. (laughs) Anyway, uh, what I wanted to ask you guys, too, is um, we have been hearing a lot recently about the debt ceiling and and hitting that point as along with the government shutdown, which I think a lot of us put into the same bucket. They, they both seem to go hand in hand. Is there a difference between hitting the debt ceiling and the government shutdown and, you know, hitting these budgets and not approving these budgets? Uh, Sure. There most certainly is a a difference. I like to think of it as a household budget analogy Um, with the government shutdown. uh, That's essentially the government's failure uh, to agree on how how to best allocate um, our household budget Um, from a debt ceiling perspective. um, That's essentially the government uh, not agreeing on how how much of the household budget should be funded with debt. Okay. How is how are we seeing this affect our members in any way? Uh, wh- yeah, what impact are we seeing that on our members? Is it having any impact on our members? Yeah, that that's a really important question. You know, when we were on our hiatus over the summer, right, enjoying our summer of fun here, um, we we did not talk about the government shutdown in late May and early June. And, you know, that does have some real implications for the financial markets. And it did as far as any kind of dislocation in the front end of the yield curve. We saw a lot of investors trying to decide what date the government might run out of funding. And that led to some aberrations in the shape of the T-bill curve, especially on the front end. We also saw a ratings downgrade right for the U.S. government alongside of that. So as Sarah mentioned, right, that that's a, a much a much bigger decision. Right. And a, and a much harder thing for the market to digest. And we did get lots of questions from members back in May about what to expect and, and how that could impact them. Uh, as we look at the government shutdown, um, you know, really it's a little bit different from a financial market perspective because, you know, what we've observed is that the, the impacts to the actual financial markets are pretty limited, right? So some things that we've typically seen in government shutdowns in the past, again, the longest one was, I think, 36 days from, from late 2018 into early 2019. And, you know, you see things like the non-essential, uh, or, or at least designated non-essential personnel, right? They get back pay for days they missed and things like that. So it might cause a delay in some things like consumer spending and impacts. But from a purely financial market perspective, not a lot's really expected to, to change in terms of rates and where curves are. Now, that being said, the next FOMC meeting, as Sarah mentioned, is November 1st. And so one of the things that we've been talking about and reading about is the government measurements of economic data fall into the non-essential budget. And so if the government goes into a shutdown, those employees won't be collecting that data and they won't be publishing those reports. So what happens then is a Fed who has been very clear to the market about being data dependent in their decision making may be lacking data for the month of October. And so what we think then is what does that mean for market expectations is the Fed might end up with another pause 
in that November 1st meeting. Now we also have a meeting coming in December and we hope everything's been sorted out over that time frame. But again, it's, it's really interesting about how that lack of data could make it hard for the Fed to, to voice any real change or, or opinion. Now, keep in mind, we did talk about the Fed does expect in their projections, right, an extra hike this year. So, you know, I, and the Fed would have known, right, or does know about, you know, possibility government shutdown and they know what economic data they will be missing. So it becomes a real interesting question of timing and expectations. And do we really expect the Fed to work through that hike and actually pass it through the market? Or is it somewhat of a defensive posturing where the Fed doesn't want the market to get too excited and to go too quickly if they were to forecast no additional hikes? And so by that standard, can they sort of kind of talk and keep market expectations up around that higher for longer story by kind of continuing to push out the potential for another hike without maybe ever having to affect that hike? That's really interesting. I really hadn't considered the data and what they would be missing if there was a government shutdown. While you were talking about that, I was thinking about um, some of these strikes that are going on. I mean, all over the place, we've seen strikes happening. And I was wondering what your opinions are on that and how that has effect on the employment market. Is that affecting anything as far as, um, I don't know about the government shutdown, but even just looking, looking at the data that's driving everything, like all these strikes happening in different industries, is that having any effect on the data that the fed is looking at? I think it's a really fair question. Um, it's not just the, you know, employment data that could potentially be affected by that, but it's also the inflation data. Um, Powell and Co. did keep the inflation target set at 2%. Um, so I guess between um, now and the November and December um, meetings, we'll have to determine if um, these potential strikes, uh, whether it be in the entertainment industry or the, or the auto industry, if those will potentially have an effect on CPI. I just threw that at you. You weren't expecting it. So good answer. <laughs> okay. Is there anything else you, either one of you would like to add to it beyond the notes we usually have from the FOMC meeting? You know, one thing that didn't really get much discussion and hasn't now for quite some time is the QT program or quantitative tightening where the Fed is reducing the size of its balance sheet. Now, it hasn't gotten talked about much because it hasn't changed, right? Since they really legged into the runoff mode they've been in, um, there really hasn't been much deviation from that plan. So one of the things that that we've been reading about and, and hearing about on other podcasts right around market rates would be the idea that, you know, that's another lever the Fed may pull. So if you believe the Fed may cut rates 50 basis points in 2024 to chart kind of normalizing policy rates, one way they can continue to make sure that inflation doesn't pick back up too quickly is they could accelerate the runoff in that balance sheet. So again, it's another lever that they have that they may consider changing next year, right, as a way to normalize interest rates, but not let the economy get too hot is to continue to put liquidity back into the system. I'm sorry, extract liquidity from the system by letting those treasuries and mortgage holdings run off that SOMA portfolio. 
is that not a lever that has been pulled for a couple of years now, or at least the last year? So they are running off the balance sheet. It's just the rate of runoff in the balance sheet right. where they may, okay. they may accelerate it. Now, when one of the challenges is fundamentally is how do they get to those higher levels of runoff when they own such, for example, a large mortgage-backed security portfolio, right. if the mortgage rates are higher, their prepays slow down like everybody else's. And so it can be hard to effectuate all that change. Now, that being said, the other thing that's come up over the years that I still don't personally anticipate the Fed really doing is or exploring is active sales of any of their holdings, right? Given the size and the amount, that could really distort a lot of financial markets. Again, it's a really aggressive lever that they have, but we don't really anticipate the Fed pulling that. But it's how do they continue to reinforce some level of hawkishness to understand they are looking at employment, they are looking at inflation, but they still also want to normalize policy rates back down to kind of that two to two and a half percent range that they've always targeted. I appreciate both of you joining me today. I know that, uh, again, I'm going to point out that we've been on a little bit of a hiatus, but we are hoping to be back and more consistent with these um, for the remainder of the year and into next year. Do you guys think that it would be nice to have somebody else in the room with you while you're talking about this? Maybe some young blood? Yeah. I, you know, what's interesting is we did just post last week a our um, capital market summer finance internship. It's an opportunity to come work at the Federal Home Loan Bank, learn the things that we do, um, work with Sarah and I and the rest of the team every day. Um, you know, we are doing a lot of things that you might not typically see or think exists in a place like Topeka. As far as the kind of work we're doing, not only as a home loan bank and our mission, but specifically in our capital markets area, looking at investments, looking at issuing debt executing interest rate derivatives, understanding how a bank balance sheet works, talking to brokers and kind of understanding the market dynamics. And these are things that we do every day. And we think it's a really exciting opportunity for those kind of students in the area who may be interested in applying and, you know, kind of coming here next summer to work with us. Absolutely. And don't forget, we do this thing called summer fun. I think that any intern would be very fortunate to experience summer fun here at Federal Home Loan Bank. But we're going to end this now. Thank you guys for both coming in and doing this podcast with us. I know we've all been busy, but some really heavy duty things happened at this meeting. And we'll definitely be back in November to do a recap of that meeting, too. So thank you both again for joining us. Thank you for all of our listeners to all of our listeners for joining us. And we'll see you next time. All right. Thanks, Thanks Jesse. Thanks, Jesse.